Welcome to the Global CISO Forum, the podcast for information security executives. Welcome to the Global CISO Forum podcast. I'm your host, Amber Pedronselli. With me today is Mr. Thomas Vaughn. He is the CISO for the Florida Agency for State Technology. And uh, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Welcome, Thomas. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, so I, I just wanted to kind of clarify a little bit. I am, am the CISO for Florida government, basically. Um, I am the strategic leadership in terms of security for the state government in Florida. The Agency for State Te- Technology is the agency that, that I'm housed in. Understood. Okay. That makes sense. So does that include, tell me what that doesn't include. Like what, what goes on in Florida government that isn't under you? So um, I'm specifically responsible for the state government organization for all the various departments that make up the state government in Florida. But that does not include things like cities and counties in Florida because they're considered separate. It's basically just the departments of Florida's government. Okay. Uh, do you have anything to do with the elections in Florida? Well, you know, that's been such a big topic. It's hard not to be involved at some level. Uh, so basically, I'm responsible for assisting Florida's Department of State. The Florida Department of State is responsible for overall sort of management of the elections process in Florida. Of course, the elections actually happen at the county level. Uh, the, the counties run the elections um, through a supervisor of elections. Um, those positions are elected. Basically, the counties take care of their own security. Now, the Department of State kind of dictates how they communicate and some other things, and I support that um, primarily by doing things like coordinating between the National Guard, DHS, FBI, and other entities and the Department of State. And we were actually at the Department of State in their elections operations center during both the primary and general elections. Wow. Has anything changed since 2016 or... Things just kind of go in as they always do. Things have changed. I, I think that we have worked very hard to bring more capabilities online in terms of technology. But beyond that, it's been more about coordination and collaboration. I think state agencies and our external partners are working more closely than we ever have. Uh, we were actually prepared, I think better prepared this time than we were in 2016. Um, but thankfully, it was pretty quiet, so things went well. Good. Yeah. I mean, it seems like we always hear about Florida elections, so I'm sure that part keeps you busy. Um, but thank you for your work there. <laughs> so looking at your resume, you have almost 30 years of experience in the industry. Um, that's that's quite a lot. Tell me how you got into information security. So it, it's a little bit of a long and, and convoluted road. Um, I'm retired military. I spent four years in the Army, followed by 20 years in the U.S. Coast Guard. During my first tour there in the Army, I actually did signals intelligence work. So I was, um, and this, this was back in the late 80s, so I was basically listening to enemy communications, Soviet, East German, that sort of thing, and, and that's kind of what I did. Even in the 80s, that kind of work required a lot of technology, so I got a lot of hands-on um, use with systems that were kind of ahead of their time, so that was kind of my introduction to IT. Once I got into the Coast Guard, um, I actually started out as a communications operator, and once they figured out I had a little bit of technical skill, the first thing they did was kind of point me toward IT, and that's where I ended up. 
as uh, an IT professional, I did a lot of different things. I mean, I've done all the basic stuff, desktop support. I was, was on a help desk for a little while. But I worked my way up, did some systems admin work, um, did some network engineering, and I think networking is probably where most of my expertise laid in those early years. So I moved on from there, um, got into management a little bit, um, actually bounced back and forth between the IT world and doing intelligence work because I have some expertise in that area. And at the end of my military career, I was actually at U.S. Cyber Command. I was one of about 20 Coast Guard guys at Cyber Command. We were obviously in a minority there, but it was a really interesting time to be there. Um, following my military career, I worked for a while as a, as a Department of Defense contractor, mostly doing information assurance, which is kind of the DOD speak for information security. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, in those couple of roles, I acted as both an information assurance manager and also an information assurance engineer. So I've done a little bit of both sides of, of the equation in terms of that. And then since then, I've bounced around a little bit. I worked for Sarasota County Schools. That's a county here in Florida. Um, and I did security and, and infrastructure management for them. I worked for the city of Tallahassee as an infrastructure manager for a while. Department of Corrections as an information security manager. And now here I am as CISO for the state of Florida. So you've been, in, you've been kind of on the management side for quite a few years now, right? I have. You know, it, it seemed like um, during my last job at, at the Department of Corrections, um, it was a little more hands-on because I was ru- running the security operations team. And most of my technical experiences, like in the continuous monitoring realm, so SIMS, log technology, stuff like that. So I, I did get to use that a little bit. Do you miss the technical side when you're in a purely management role? Well, I think that I would probably get kicked out of the geek club if I were to say that I <laughs> did miss it a little bit. Um, you know, I think that most of us who grew up in that world, we, we do that work primarily because we love the technical aspects of it. Um, yeah, I miss it. I, I think I think the thing is, is I feel like I can affect more change and I have more capability to do good in terms of cybersecurity than I might if I were at the technical level. So I recognize that this is a necessary evil in a sense. I always wonder about CISOs that kind of have your career path where they start out really technical and then eventually they don't really get to do the ones and zeros and, you know, fingers on the keyboard thing anymore. Um, that Like that's what kind of drew you in and then you, you get into the management side, but I'm so glad that, that you do, you know, we need the, the really talented technical people to rise through the ranks so that, you know, we have somebody like that in charge. Um, and I'm sure what you've learned along the way is how you can take those technical skills and use them to affect change, like you said, but then also have to translate it for non-technical people. Do you have any strategies for when you're having to speak tech to non-geeks? I do. Um, and those those modify, they get modified a little bit depending on who my audience is, obviously. Um, I think my time in the military helped me a lot. You know, for one thing, I didn't always do IT. I was a communications operator, so I know how to do that sort of, you know, communications. Um, but I also was an intelligence officer for a while, so I know how to, to sort of communicate with people in a way to elicit information and to be able to kind of relay that information back to them. So I, I kind of honed some of those skills. I bring a lot of that into the work here. You know, I, when I try to describe something that's highly technical, I try to understand my audience first. You know, how technical are they? If they're not technical at all, I need to keep that in mind. And, and I modify my, my delivery depending on how I assess my audience. Um, I will also say that 
I've had to take a different perspective. You know, when you're a technician, you think about the work you do as being technical. Everything's about the, the technology. In the work that I do now, obviously what I do impacts the technical, but what I do is, is primarily about people. So I have to look at it from the perspective of how does cybersecurity affect people and how do I communicate those effects to them rather than trying to explain the technology that seems to be more successful that way. I like that. It's very like the people-centered approach. Um, I was actually reading the strategic vision you have, I think, on your LinkedIn profile for for the state of Florida. Um, It's kind of a roadmap through, what is it, 2020, 2021? Correct. Okay. Yeah. And I I liked how much it mentioned people and how integral they were to that whole plan going forward. Um, So speaking of people and that statement, do you report to the CIO? I do. Um, the state CIO actually is in an office right next to mine, and we communicate on a daily basis. We work really closely together. And I would say that even though I've always believed that people is, is the focus for us, and it should be, um, the state CIO very much believes that as well. So I think, I think a lot of what, what you see mirrors kind of how we approach IT as a state. Right. Yeah, it, that's, that sounds like it's the, the right way to go. Um, and it's great to hear that you have a good working relationship with your CIO. I know some people, some CISOs, although they, they won't really tell me that on the record, but off the record, they've indicated that they don't um, always enjoy reporting to the CIO unless it's a particular kind of relationship that they are able to have. And I'm sure that's that's what you've got too. Um, so that's, that's wonderful to make if you're making that work. Yeah, and I would say that... Um... Well, I should, you know, kind of disclose the fact that he is the CIO who hired me into this position. So, uh-huh. I mean, I, I kind of knew what I was getting into. Um, but he is one of those guys that worked his way up through the ranks. I and mean, he has a very technical background. So it's much easier to talk shop with him and have him actually understand the concepts and the issues that are at hand. So it's, it just makes it much easier to communicate. And because of that, I, I think, you know, we were able to work through things a little more quickly without a lot of the sort of translation that might happen in another situation. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like a really good situation. Um, so a lot of our audience are um, aspiring CISOs, so they're not quite there yet, but they'd like to someday. What kind of advice do you have for somebody who, you know, maybe is already in information security, but would like to make it into the uh, the manager or the executive level? Well, first off, I'd say that if someone really wants to, to be at the sort of the top rung of leadership in, in terms of cybersecurity, they need to seek out training in other areas outside of the technical. Um, I think it's really important to understand the world in a sort of a larger context. Um, you know, the obvious, the obvious need would be for someone to learn something about leadership and management. Um, unfortunately, as technical folks, a lot of times we don't get exposed to that. We don't know how to manage a, an individual or, or how to evaluate performance and do things like that. So I think that, that learning that along the way is important. Now, granted, that's never as interesting as the technical stuff, but I think it's necessary. The other thing is communications. Um, you know, we also, because we're technical, we tend to be less skilled at communicating with human beings because we like to communicate with computers and not with human beings. So it it's kind of goes against our nature. Um, if there's some way that someone can hone their skills in communications, whether that's public speaking or you know, talking to the board, that, that sort of thing is, is very valuable. And I think you can do that through 
you know, either just practicing it or, or taking formal education, but I think it's absolutely essential. What do you think about the trend of CISOs getting their MBA? I think it's good. As a matter of fact, I think, I think we're going to see a time in the future when that's going to be a, a, a fairly universal requirement. Um, understanding the business is really critical to what we do as cybersecurity professionals because every decision we make impacts IT, you know, kind of in a basic sense, and IT obviously impacts everything that the company does, no matter what the line of work is. Um, understanding how business functions is, I mean, it just makes the job so much easier. Um, I will say that, you know, I do not have any formal training in that area. Um, I've, I've learned a lot of it kind of secondhand, and I think it, it puts me at a disadvantage. Um, luckily for me, being in government, I think it's a little less necessary, but still very important. Well, do I have a course to recommend to you? <laughs> um, just kidding. Uh, I, just talking about the EC Council certified CISO. Um, but yeah, I, I get your point that that being in business makes it a little bit less less mandatory. But I do think it's interesting just how much nowadays a CISO needs a little bit of business education in order to do their job correctly. Um, and you've been in in the industry in the role for a while. How, I mean, that's obviously a change, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, this role has required me to kind of stretch beyond my normal bounds in terms of understanding business and understanding how executive minds work and how decision-making processes function. I mean, a lot of that stuff I've kind of had to force myself to learn. Um, it's actually been probably one of the, the more difficult things that I've had to do. Is that just in this role, or is that kind of an evolution over your career path? I think it's an evolution over time. I mean, you, you do get a little more of that as, as you climb. Um, but at this position, um, there's sort of a, a major step up. And, you know, I've had to learn a lot about business, not just inside my individual organization, but across multiple departments within the state. You know, I have to include my thinking with um things like the legislature and, and the governor's office, I have to be able to interact with them and understand what's important to them from a business perspective. So it requires me to think from a lot of different business perspectives, and I think that's the big change. So have you ever dealt with a situation along those same lines where the business objectives were kind of at odds with security? Absolutely. You know, I, I think we all have, um, you know, and I think in a general sense, um, I may deviate a little bit from my peers. I believe that as important as applying good cybersecurity practices is, I think we need to also understand the operational business that our organization does, and we have to be able to meet it halfway. You know, if you, if you, if you look at the triad and you talk about confidentiality and integrity and availability, um, that last piece, availability, is, is critical. If, if I don't provide availability, if I don't allow systems to be useful in an operational context to my organization, then I've defeated the whole purpose of what I'm doing. So um, I know that's kind of a general response, but I think it's important to remember that we are here to enable business. We're here to enable the mission. And if we try to apply security without thinking about that, we're going to fail. Right. I, yeah. I mean, like you said, that's we say it all the time, but it's that doesn't mean that it just happens or that it's easy. Um, yeah. So what would you say is the best part of your job? You know, I think the best part of my job is 
the sort of impact that I get to have on the citizens of my state. Um, now, granted, it's not something that, that's recognized in the open very often, but knowing that things like the elections can happen and, and happen in a secure manner, you know, knowing that, that I have supported the democratic process in my state, um, that's a pretty big deal. I mean, there's 21.5 million people in this state. The fact that I've served every single one of them by making sure the elections were more secure, that, that's, that's pretty satisfying. I think that is the best part of my job. Yeah, that is that sounds incredible <laughs> when you put it like that. Um, what do you so on the flip side? And it doesn't have to be this current role, but just as an information security manager or executive, what's been the worst part? I think the worst part is dealing with incidents and breaches that we aren't necessarily prepared for, and in some cases can never be prepared for. There's a serious feeling of helplessness. And although I think organizations feel that helplessness, you know, across all levels, it's the information security manager or the CISO who feels that the most. I mean, we're the ones who are ultimately responsible for whether that security was in place or not, or whether the, the bad actor actually got into our systems or not. Um, you feel so helpless, and it's a horrible, horrible feeling. And I think those are the worst days we have in this profession, and, and that is definitely the worst part of my job. Yeah, that makes sense. You guys have so much to deal with, but then on top of doing your job well, and then that not meaning that you won't get breached has got to be just so frustrating. Do you ever uh, struggle to kind of communicate that to, to stakeholders or even people in charge of you, in charge of your budget? We, we do. Um, you know, I think there are a couple of struggles involved there. One is um, if, you, if you go to a layperson, if it's legislature or leadership here at AST, if, if I say I need something, um, the, the normal response is, how much do you need? You know, we'll, we'll write a check. Well, the thing is, is if they don't understand the technical issues that are involved, they don't really understand the complexity. They think, a lot of leaders think that it's possible to write a check and solve the problem, and that's only one small piece of, of the solution. So that's one challenge. The other challenge is cybersecurity is, is always changing. I mean, our, our threat actors are constantly changing their methods. Um, we have to constantly change our capabilities to try to meet those methods. In a lot of cases, um, attacks, breaches happen through methods that we didn't even know were, were possible. So, so there's, it's sort of dealing with the unknown that makes that difficult. There's no way that I can tell you comprehensively how we can secure all our systems because I don't know where all the holes are and I never will. Right. I, I've heard of CISOs where they've had to train kind of their stakeholders not to say, are we secure or, you know, we're not going to get breached, right? Just because that's an absolutely impossible goal when when things are changing so quickly and there's just no way for you to possibly keep up with that. I mean, just look around the news nowadays and you can see how it's, you know, it's just not a, it's not a realistic goal. And that's got to be so frustrating. It is. And, and it's, it's difficult because, in a sense, what we do in cybersecurity is a little bit unique. There aren't many there aren't many lines of work where we can say we don't know and we never will know, because mm -hmm. that's not something that a leader wants to hear. They want to hear that there's a solution, that's just a definitive way to answer the question, but that's just not true in cybersecurity a lot of times, and it's hard to communicate that. It's hard to make them understand. Yeah, and I, that's where that communication comes in, and and really knowing your stuff. 
Well, we really thank you for <laughs> doing this job, which I know can be thankless sometimes. Um, it's kind of, you know, behind the scenes. But like you said, you're keeping elections free and safe. And that's uh, such an important service. So thank you so much for everything. And uh, thanks for coming on the show. Yes, ma'am. Anytime. It's a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks, Thomas. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Global CISO Forum, the podcast for information security executives.